Episode four of Voyager's Cast. Hurrah! Both Michelle and myself are back. Yay! And this time we're alone. We don't have any special guests this month with us, but we're here to talk about well, the fourth episode of Voyagers. All by myself. Just kidding. I I can't sing. Uh, this episode is entitled "Agents of Satan." Before we get started, any preamble, anything you want to talk about or anything you want to... What do you mean? I don't know. Like... Anything in general? No? In general? Um, Before we get started? We got new mics. Yes, we got some new mics. Mixer. Mixer. So if we sound different, hopefully it's a good sound different. If it doesn't, then don't tell us because we spent money. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, but... No, I'm hoping it sounds better and the quality sounds a little bit better. So hopefully uh, those of you who listen to our podcast can drop us a line and say, hey, yeah, it sounded better or uh, no, we didn't hear a difference and you spent money on jack crap. But you can email us at VoyagersCast at HeadSpeaks.com or you can go to the Facebook group, which is HeadCast Network. Shameless plug. No, it's not shameless. It's a, yeah, okay. It's a shameless plug. But yeah, we're on Facebook. I have a Facebook group set up. I don't have one set up just for this podcast, but I do have my my main headcast network feed, which is facebook.com slash groups slash headcast network. Yay. Come join us over there and join the fun. But I guess that's it for Talkie Talk this time. Let's go ahead and get into the actual episode. Awesome. Um, so as I said... This is it, episode four, Agents of Satan, and this aired October the 31st, 1982. This is the, uh, the Halloween episode. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> All right, so let's go for the synopsis of this episode. We've got Jeffrey and Bog that land in Salem, Massachusetts on November 13th in 1692 during the Salem Witch Trials. But the Salem witch trials were supposed to end in September 14th, 1692. Bog and Jeff must prevent their mother of Benjamin Franklin, a buy a Folger coffee, from being hanged. Bog, however, is himself tried and sentenced as an agent of Satan to be burned at the stake. But Jeff uses the Omni to send them both to Boston in 1924. 
There they meet Harry Houdini during a seance and then go to Baltimore, Maryland to return the lyrics of the national anthem to Francis Scott Key in 1814, just before stopping a charlatan who tries to kill Houdini in 1924. They then go back to 1692 and stop the witch trials for good. Very good. And so that's the synopsis. Let's go and get some thoughts on this. Uh, first, I'm going to comment is that one of the the, the main pre, uh, bad guy bad guys the guys in charge of the Salem witch hunts is Dean Stockwell's brother. It must be nice having people in high places, isn't it? <laughs> well, he's, he's been. An, I was looking into this. He's was an actor for a long time before this. Yep, you know so, who's older, Dean or his brother? I think his brother is the brother, not I Dean. Bl- I believe so. So little baby brother is doing better than older brother, you think? I don't know. I mean, because I, I was looking it up because I don't recall seeing him anywhere, but here we got... I who's mom's favorite. We, we got him in two different shows uh, last month over on the Quantum, on our Star Bright project. Right. He showed up over there, and now this month... Oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that there were two different shows. Yeah, there's two different shows. Oh, Holy Toledo, like, I was just thinking Dean Stockwell, like, oh, man, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was thinking Starlight Project, you know, Dean and Al and all them, and I just put two and two together. Man, maybe I do need to drink some more Mart recording because it's starting to click a little bit better. But yeah, no, this, this came out in 1982. Right. And Quantum Leap came out in 89. First. This was uh, seven years before Quantum Leap came out. So that means Big Brother was acting before Little Brother? I mean, not acting before, but like was, I don't know, was, who was Dean in? Um, so real quick, since we're talking about <sighs> he sidesteps. his brother, uh-huh. well, his brother's name is Guy, Guy Stockwell. Guy Stockwell. And Guy, I'm going to the IMDb to check this out so I can give you some answers on this. He was born in 1933. Okay. He's 68. Oh, he, he died in 2002 at the age of 68. Oh, that's kind of young. Did it say what he died of? Uh, not on here. A broken heart. No, uh, I'm just kidding. But he started acting. See, I know they both were kid actors. Uh, Guy started acting in 1946 in something called The Green Years. But he was in a lot of stuff himself. So it sounds like acting just kind of ran in the family. Yeah. Gunsmoke, so. Tells of Will Fargo. Isn't that a bank? Yeah. Sword of Zorro. Ooh, Zorro. The National World of Disney. <gasps> the Battle yeah, of Hector, talking. the Stowaway Dog. And who the heck is Hector? Huh? 1964. Uh, he was in an episode of Perry Mason. He was in a lot of different things. Ironside. All these things I don't know. The Wild Wild West. I only know the 80s. Bonanza. time I hear Bonanza, I think of the pest singing Bonanza. 
fight Bonanza. If anyone fights anyone, he's got to fight with me. me. We're not one to settle up in one Bonanza. What do you do? I'm um, <coughs> taking a break. One for four, four for one. No, you suck, okay? I keep going. One for one, give me a little fight Bonanza. Do you recognize a little Japanese guy? No. You sure? Hey, so he was in a lot of different movies and shows. But your question was uh, Dean Stockwell. So Guy was born in 33, I said. Yes. And again, I'm going through IMDb. I'm kind of of vamping as I scroll back through the pages, go back to Dean Stockwell's page. Mm -hmm. And Dean Stockwell was born in 36. So they're about three years apart. Guy is a couple years older. And wow, it looks like Dean's got a lot Dean's more under, got his, a lot belt, under though. his belt. Uh, he started acting in 1945. And when did Big Brother start? What I just, I just said, 46, I think it was. Oh, they so started acting right around the same time. No, it sounds like, but he was a year young. Well, as far as time was, right, yeah. But he got first. And I know that Dean was a child actor because we'll talk about this later on. But there's uh, put a pen in. Well, actually, we'll talk about it here over in the. Star Bright Project will we'll talk put a about pin it. In it. There's an episode where uh, Deborah Pratt. Okay, the their, writer. Their, their kid is in an episode. What do you mean their kid? Dean's no. Uh, I'm sorry, Deborah Pratt and Don Belisario's kid. So the writers of Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. One of their kid, their their kids was in an episode of Quantum Leap. Okay. And Dean told told her mom, told Deborah. You know, being a child actor himself, uh-huh. that they need to get their kid out of acting and... Don't do it. Their life. Don't do it that young. Wow. So okay. that's how I know that Dean Stockwell was a child actor, because I remember that. And apparently it wasn't very pleasing so. or a very good thing. <laughs> anyway, so moving on. So I guess that's enough about another now show Now that we, like, about. confuse people for yeah, the so, show. So yeah, the Dean Stockwell, if you don't know, plays... Sam, plays, I'm sorry, plays Al in Quantum Leap, which we talk about over on the Starbright Project. I like that show. So as I talked about in the synopsis, uh, Jeffrey and Bob... You mean I did. What's that? You mean I did. Well. I talked about the synopsis. Yeah. What did I say? Me. Oh. As Michelle talked about in the synopsis... There you go. Uh, Jeffrey and Bog landed in Salem, Massachusetts during the Salem witch hunts. Witch hunts? Witch winch, trials. Winch to the winch. Winch, winch. winch trials. And Jeffrey informs Bog that it was supposed to actually end back in September, two months earlier. I just really think he's a savant. I'm going to say it again. I mean, how does somebody know all these dates without, like, looking them up? It, I mean, okay, you know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 19, or 18 or 1640, whatever the thing is. I don't even remember this <laughs> damn rhyme. But, you know, I could see him having some of these things but i mean he's knowing such specific dates that some people have a thing yeah i'm sorry but when he you're talking about history i'm talking about comics yeah but he was like how old how old is he 12 yeah our daughter barely knows things <laughs> and i know we're talking about a, a blonde 12 year old girl who <laughs> whose parents is, aren't historians yeah aren't history teachers <laughs> or not as heavily educated as his parents but still like He's only, if you think about, like, his age and how much quality and quantity of 
education he's been through. That's a lot of historical facts for a 12-year-old to be retaining well, at that age. Dad probably quizzed him on, quiz, I'm sorry, his dad probably quizzed him on the weekends where he died. You cannot that. even eat dinner unless you know <laughs> the dates of the Salem Witch Trials. You never know. Again, some people are very much into that or kind of stuff. Or maybe he's like, you know what? Your mom is a witch. And if you don't know what it is, she's going to turn you into a newt. And yes, I did just kind of like reference uh, Money Python. That's what I do. But, uh, oh, but yeah, or maybe he is a savant. Who knows? I, I, uh, he's something. I don't know if they ever actually clarify that in the show. They but. don't. I, I, I mean, I, I've only seen, what, four episodes? Yep. Yeah, four episodes, and I'm saying, no, they don't, but. Well, they do. We'll put a bit in that. Oh, Christ. You know what? This is not fair. Even the people we talk to on Facebook that are in our little circle of <laughs> podcasters, they're like, oh, yeah, we mentioned you. I'm, I'm throwing you under the bus, Hayden, if you're listening. He's like, yeah, we mentioned you guys on our other podcast, and Aaron can listen to it, but you can't because it throws spoilers in. I can't watch, see, listen, Google nothing because I'm still <laughs> trying to keep it so pure for the listening audience. So, bah humbug. Okay, let's keep going. So, anyway, so... Abaya, Abia, whatever her name is. I'm Ms. Soldier. Call, yeah, I'm calling her Coffee Lady. Uh, she's been declared a witch by a bunch of young girls. And I want to point, point this out. The names of the girls in the, the Salem aspect of the show. Right. Abigail is actually a reference to the Crucible. And um, I was Googling because back in high school, my friends and I did, in drama, we did part of the play of The Crucible. And um, one of the actual, ac- uh, one of the actual characters is called Abigail. And I know there was a couple other ones that were Betty. referenced. Betty was one of them, but I don't think they mentioned Betty in the actual show. Well, Betty was the main girl that was crying that they were a witch, who okay. was played by Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. Oh, Betty? Oh, yeah. I don't Shannon know if there was a Betty in The Crucible, is oh, what okay. I'm saying. Oh, okay. But I know that for a fact, because I played Abigail in the, the skit. Right. And there's a part where they're slapping each other. And, of course, you know, all the guys in the band room are like, do the skit again, girls. Do the skit again. <laughs> Show each other how you slap each other. It's like a little cat fight. And they just really liked watching that. Let's but that's get this PG. Oh. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, it, it, even in high school, like, there was that stupid stuff. But, no, there was a lot of references, actually, to The Crucible that someone like me who loved the play and loved reading that it was kind of neat to pick up on some of those nuances and for them to throw it in. I don't know. I'm sure they did it on purpose. I mean, because why else would you pick the name Abigail in a... Well, I mean, Abigail's a very old-timey sounding name, so I can see that. But I mean... I'm sure they are. They've got to put a... It's a nod, too. It has to be. And someone like me who's kind of geeky literature nerd like that from the stuff that I've actually read... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the very minimum. Um, it was exciting to pick up on that. So anyway, so the young girls are calling uh, Miss Folger a witch. Right. And apparently they've done it to other people. One of my notes I made, I made some notes on this. One of my notes here, girls, ain't nothing but trouble. Listen on boys, don't mean to bust your bubble. But girls of the world ain't nothing but trouble. So next time a girl gives you the play, just remember my rhymes and get the hell away. Week when I was walking down the street, I- oh, gee, many Christmas. <laughs> you know what? We need to keep telling Grayson that our son, because he's Mr. Casanova Frankenstein. But yeah, no, I mean, and like they said in the in the actual show, it, they did it to kind of re- um, rebel against their parents. 
And uh, think of like, you know, girls liking rock music back in the day. And it was a way of showing their parents that they were kind of rebelling against the norm, I guess. But what I don't understand is, as a child, why you would allow other people to die just to rebel against your parents. Like, that's that's some hard up stuff. Girls of the world ain't nothing but trouble. Hey, but there was boys too that did it too. But I mean, in this they just said girls. Fresh Fresh Prince reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You big nerd. No, I mean this is coming from me, who's already like referenced uh, (laughs) Monty Python within five minutes of the show. So I mean, not like I can brag or anything. I just find it kind of crazy, and they they hold their stomachs as if like they're it's making them ill and that kind of thing. And I know that's also in the Crucible. That's part of the things that they mention in the Crucible is that um, they they're holding their stomachs, rocking back and forth, and they did that in the show. And I'm all like, yes, I need to go read the Crucible again. <laughs> and I'm like, dang it! At the end of the show, it's like you can go read more about the Salem witch trials in your local library. I'm like, no, I don't want to go read. But dang it, now I want to read the Crucible. <laughs> so it the show did that for me. And uh, yeah, that was kind of an interesting little point. But yeah, girls, those girls were definitely trouble. Very definitely trouble. But I was saying the, the ringleader of the girls, her name is Betty. She's mm-hmm. played by a very young Shannon Doherty. Which is crazy. And it almost doesn't kind of, I mean, you see the reference of her. Like, you see her. Right. But... Shannon Dory's changed so much through the years, like her facial features and stuff. I'm sure some might have been, you know, surgery or whatever, but I don't know if she's had surgery, but it was just kind of neat to see her in that purest form as right. a child. And I'm sure like if we Googled or YouTube, we probably could find her in some commercials too. But this was like her fourth or fifth acting appearance. Oh, really? Yeah. That early on? Yep. That's cool. And she landed a, you know, a pretty intense role, if you think about it. Because yep. you had I mean, really... she didn't have a lot of speaking parts. Any really... Sp- well, yeah, there was one at the very end, but, but not very much. But she was the, the ringleader. Yeah, she, but the physical the aspect girls, of it. So. And the emotional standpoint of how she looked and, you know, having to wail and all that fun stuff. But uh, Miss Folger, we find out, is... She's engaged to Josiah Franklin, who is Benjamin Franklin's dad. Did we look up to make see if these are actually the names of Ben Franklin's real parents? No, I did not look up his parents' names. I think you need to do that real quick. Well, it won't be real quick. Well, you talk while I look it up then. Okay. um, What do I want to talk about? Um, Thanks for throwing me under the bus here, but... No, I will will actually talk while I'm looking it up because I'm a multitasker. Yeah, good, because right now my brain is fuzzy from drinking two margaritas. (laughs) I know, but hey... But no, I got a question, though. Okay. If this is indeed Ben Franklin's mother Uh before she met his dad... Right. Before she met his dad... Ben Franklin's mom before he met Ben Franklin's dad. Right. Okay. Supposedly, she dies here... But if she died here, how could Phineas and Jeffrey met him last episode? Or how did Jeffrey even know about her? Well, I mean, Jeffrey, no. Well, again, as we talked about. It, no, the, it's not wibbly wibbly timey The timing, the time, the, they're, they're missing something in the series. I, I really love the series, but they're missing something. It's called explanation? To tie, well, not, well, yeah. Why... Like we said before, why is does Jeffrey know how time's supposed to be if time's messed up? And that's where I'm going with this, this whole if 
they met Ben, ben Franklin in the last episode. Right. How could they do that if his mom dies now? Unless there's something going on causing problems in time. So, let me ask you this, though, and it just kind of hit me. There's no... This is not a show that has some chronological order, does it? What do you mean? Ah, oh, gee, Christmas. Billy, if you... If he met Billy and... Billy... I would say Billy Crystal? That's pathetic, Michelle. Billy the Kid in episode three... Right. It's really not going to affect, say, episode nine... Do you see what I'm saying? There's, I mean, you I'm, can watch things be, out of order, right. and it would not make any difference on how you watched them. Because back then, really, there wasn't. It wasn't like Lost, where you I'm had to say watch it. Yes, in quotes. What do you mean, yes, in quotes? Sorry. There are, without getting too much into spoilery territory. Uh huh. There are some episodes later down the road that. But are they like need to be partners? watched? In, no, there. Something happens in one episode, and then a couple episodes down the road. You have an aha moment or something? Well, it, they, something that happens there comes back a couple episodes later. Okay. And so, I mean, for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, a lot of these are just one-shot. Standalone. Standalone stories. So how do we know that maybe we're not watching Agents of Satan that happened before... Because this, equal. because this is the, the official DVD. They put them in the way they were aired. And that's the way they're listed on IMDb's website. Right, but I'm saying in their timeline, though. Right. Just so, because we're watching it doesn't mean that it happened in not their timeline. We're just watching it as viewers looking into their world. Right, but... I'm fanscaping. How does it feel, mister? But... Tell me, how does it feel to be fanscaped on the other side of things? Huh, huh, huh? Oh, I can poke holes in your fanscaping, though. That's okay. Poke that's what away. But, uh... <laughs> Everybody's be like, from now on, don't let her drink before she podcasts. <laughs> but but we're, you could be right. I mean, it's the just The way it comes across is that we should be following them chronologically as they I go agree. through time. Yeah. But... That would also explain why, well, it would, but it doesn't. Because in this episode, when Jeffrey tells him that Abaya is Ben Franklin's mom. Right. He's trying to remember who, who Ben Franklin, and he said, we signed the Declaration of Independence, he did this, and he's like, oh, that's who that guy is, okay. So it's almost like he forgot. They, they, they both forgot that they just met him a couple of leaps ago. Hmm. So, because yeah, no, and then also, so if this took place before, I think it was the last episode. That would make more sense. But then it seems like the last episode, there should have been a reference. Not necessarily. When they saw Ben Franklin. Not necessarily. Oh, yeah, we might as well, you know, it seems like it would have been. That's why I'm kind of curious the production order on these. It could, you know, well, I mean, we found out in, uh, through I think it was through Hayden in um, our Quantum Leap thing that the first ep- one of the first episodes that they recorded actually didn't show up until episodes later because it was more of a deep subject than what they wanted to do for the first episode or something along those lines. I forget now because my brain's kind of toast. And that's what I'm wondering because the difference is with uh, on Wikipedia for Quantum Leap uh-huh. where it lists different episodes... It does list the production code, and it tells what order they were recorded. Okay. So, for instance, going back to Quantum Leap, Double Identity was recorded after they had the pilot, Genesis, and they did Double Identity. 
Then they went to, which is the uh, From Mine I'm Dying. Uh-huh. Then they went back and they recorded The Right Hand of God. And that's the one that we talked with, with uh, Hayden and Michelle. Right. And then they went and did Starcrossed. For those of you who don't know, we actually have some actual guest stars that show up on our Quantum Leap podcast. You should check it out. So, so yeah, according to the production, I mean, they, on Quantum Leap, they, they've actually got the production code. So, it like, kind of lets you know where they recorded. Uh-huh. And when they played them. Right. But on the Wikipedia for uh, Voyagers, it doesn't have that listing. So, I, that's well, why I'm wondering how I mean, they were recorded. this only had one season. Right. And... It seems like they didn't, uh, not necessarily they, but it didn't get as much notoriety as a show that's been on air for well, yeah, a gazillion. Really, they got really good ratings. Yeah, but I mean, Quantum Link has been out there for right. forever. Well, and the problem was, as we talked about first or second episode, the reason they didn't continue this, because they were planning on doing more seasons. Right. But... Uh, another channel, ABC or CBS, was bringing out, had a news channel. 60 Minutes? 60 Minutes. Yeah. And so NBC thought this wouldn't compete that well against a new 60 Minutes show. So they tried to do their own news show, which bombed. Right. And so, then, and then, then of course, you know. And then Phineas died before they could yeah. even think about. He blew himself up. Sadly. But, but yeah, that's one thing I, I was wondering what their production order was. If it, right. But that would kind of... The writing, I don't know. That's just well, how there's different I writers. Think, maybe yeah. the writers didn't, you know. It's kind but of like comic books. To me, well, see, as a comic book fan, I like that continuity. Oh, I do too. I would have preferred if the right if these are different writers. Maybe maybe they had spoken. You know, if there was some main guy in charge of it all, and they said, you know, we should, you know, this is referenced here, so make sure you make a mention of this or something, mm-hmm. some sort of handbook or some sort of Bible series Bible, which I'm sure they had to an extent. But looking up, yes, Ben Franklin's parents was Josiah Franklin and Avaya Folger. Okay. So, so that really was his parents. wonder if they made coffee. Folger's coffee. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, let me see. Her dad was Peter, Fold- P- Peter Folger, a coffee maker. No, I'm joking. Oh, my goodness. You just teacher. blew my mind right now. <laughs> That's funny. Her family was the first pilgrims to flee Massachusetts for religious freedom. Wow. Or flee to Massachusetts for religious they were on the, the uh, in Boston, 1635. So they were probably on one of the major boats. That's what it the like. Nina, Marina, and the Santa Maria. Did I get them right? The Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria? I was close. <laughs> what did I say? The Nina, the Pina, and the <laughs> Santa Marina? Like that, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I, I am definitely not a savant of history. Sorry. <laughs> Jeffrey's mind would have just been blown. She was a. Definitely, um, they've had a painting on a Wikipedia about her. By a Folger Franklin. She died in 1752. Of the Black Plague. Uh, maybe. They had ten children. Wow. And the only one that made a difference was Ben Franklin. So anyways, Wikipedia doesn't tell us how his mom died. So, I'm assuming probably old age, uh, yeah, she was 84. Oh, she was 84? When she died, yeah. Wow, that's really old for that time frame. Like, super old. But yes, that was her name, Zabaya Folger and uh, Josiah Franklin. But don't you agree, like, that's a really, I mean, the longevity? Right. That's, no, that was, yeah. That's not normal. I don't know. You wouldn't think so, but... 
And yeah, in the TV show, she was a blonde. Uh, here, she was dark-haired. Because some reason, the and writers like blondes. She was on the show in here. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just looking. His dad, oh, his dad died at 87. So at 87? He was, eight, he was 87 years old. Wow. So, maybe, maybe it's not quite as... How old was Ben Franklin when he died? Well, I guess he had more children. Who? Josiah did? Josiah. This is, he had 18 children. How is that possible? Unless, maybe like, he... was he... married before. Maybe. Or got sister wives. Or sister wives back then, that kind of thing was, you know. Uh, yeah, he was married to, yeah, he was married previously. Oh, okay. He was married to someone named uh, Ann Child in 77 and had eight children. Well, she died from complications while giving birth to Joseph II. And they moved to Boston. They became a cattle channeler. And that's where he ended up meeting Ben's mom. for Ben's mom. No, she died. Oh. His first wife died giving birth to the last kid. Oh, the last kid. The kid, yeah. Okay. How sad. But, I was kind of wondering. Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, she, so he was uh, 87. And you were asking about Ben Franklin. I'm sure Ben was ill, too, because he looks he's always looked old. Um, he, ben Franklin was, according to Wikipedia, 84. Wow. So yeah, I think people dying young is just something that's in your head. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think we should look up the life expectancy of people in well, the... Well, I'm going to do all that. I don't care about it that much. What is but, it, the 1600s? What's that? Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, you know. But anyway, so we spent a lot of time talking about that. <laughs> Sorry, people. And then from there, uh, there'd be a murder of the stake, and mm-hmm. Jeffrey socks the one of his chain. A witch! A witch! <laughs> I'm not a witch! Grabs the Omni, jumps in and tackles, or grabs Phineas and... Poof, they vanish. Oh yeah, uh, and I will point out like there's a, it's a really like heartfelt, touching scene, and I'm saying that with like quotes and like my eyes rolling in the back of my head, where Jeffrey's like, "No, Phineas, they can't do this to you, no," and he's bawling his eyes out, and you know, and Phineas is like, "No, it's okay, and you'll be all right," and it's supposed to be this like really touching, like showing their. Their connection and how much they mean to each other. And I'm just calling malarkey because, I mean, they're growing closer. You can tell, like, it's, but I still have some sore spots with how he treated Jeffrey and their whole. Hey, we may not be seeing everything that happens to him. There may be leaps that we're not seeing. See, and you said leaps. That's funny. Why not keep referring to Voyaging. Because that sounds better than voyaging. I guess, yeah. But anyways... But, but do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, I, it doesn't. It didn't bother me. I, Because, I, again, I mean, this is four episodes in. They've been, yeah, I don't know how much time-wise it's been. But, again, there may be some, some things going on that we haven't seen in the background. Feather leaps. So, I, I, I buy that. it. I buy it. Uh, you like the mushy-mushy stuff, anyways. But, uh, not all the time. Oh, you like more chick flicks than I do. Probably. But they... <laughs> So they leap out and they go to Boston in 1924. They meet Harry Houdini during a seance. Which is really cool. Like, and what a neat way to meet Harry Houdini. Yeah. I mean, as far as the writers go, I give them kudos for that one. Because if I was going to meet Harry Houdini, you would be like, what would be a really cool way to make, meet Harry Houdini? Let's meet him in a seance, you know. And I didn't know that actually Harry Houdini was doing that. 
before he became yeah, he was, like he was, him. He, he was trying to prove... He, he wanted someone to prove to him that psychics and the afterlife and stuff was real. Was real? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. And, well, he wants someone to prove it, no, and so he was going around debunking people saying okay. it was. yeah, okay. Because they couldn't prove it was. Right. He was trying to get rid of the frauds. Because, well, if I'm not mistaken, he had said, he told somebody that if there was an afterlife, he would come back and let people know somehow. Really? Yeah. Because he was big into the whole, like I say, seances and the, what's after the afterlife and all that. It's, it's funny how, like, the show... This episode in particular has really made me want to, like, go out and... Go to the library and read a book? No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I'm not you. We, I don't... I, sadly, I wish I could read, but I've got some dys- dyslexia and stuff going on that kind of prevents me from enjoying reading as much as you do. But, no, I mean, it does make me want to look up and learn more about Harry Houdini in his earlier years. Right. And what he did. And then also maybe really want to kind of go back and do the Crucible thing again. Because that was so much fun. Harry Houdini was played by uh, Michael Durrell. I know him best from the, the TV miniseries V. Okay. Well, you just said Durrell and my brain went Durrell. <laughs> Durrell. Uh, he was in the TV series V. Uh, and so was Faye Grant from a couple episodes ago. Okay. During the, uh, the, the, the blonde... Gal that, uh... In the airplane episode? No, it, yes. So I was trying to pick out where the blondes were at. Yeah, yeah the one that, uh... In they the... were... I'd be trying to get it mixed up. But yeah, the... The were... French Revolution? Yeah. Ooh, look at me how smart I am. <clears throat> but yeah, that Faye Grant, she was in V also, one of the main characters. Okay, that's cool. Uh, this isn't a V podcast, let's go move on from there, I guess. Yeah, I've never seen V, so it wouldn't matter anyways. It'd be very boring. Uh, and then my next note I have here is that when the, uh, so let me see real quick. Well, I'm skipping over, it looks like, where after they, they met Harry Houdini, the light was green. And when Houdini saw them, he thought that mystics were real, so the light turned red. So they screwed up so history. They, they changed history there. And then they're going to have to fix it. And that's why they said that. That's why Jeffrey said we have to go back. Oh, because they were in the middle of a seance that he was trying to debunk. Right, he was going to debunk it. And then they showed up and it, it, as soon as they were calling the spirits and they landed on the table like they do the haystacks. And then, poof, here comes two people and they look like ghosts. And he's like, oh my gosh, they're ghosts. And then the chick who was supposedly doing the seance used that to her advantage. And then when they vanished. And then when, yeah. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I did that. I did that. Yeah. That was all me. Exactly. And then Harry Houdini's like, wow, you really are like amazing. And so that's one of the first and only times that the light's green when they arrive and it turns red. Man. I wonder how many times that actually does happen later on in the series. Watch and see. We'll just have to put a pin in it. I don't remember offhand, so we actually have to watch and see. Oh, well, good. I'm glad it's something you don't remember, (laughs) and then we can actually see it together. But they uh, go to Boston in 1924. No, sorry, they've done that. They went to Maryland in 1814, and that was just a brief little thing where they... Francis got key lost the words to the national anthem. Was that just like a, a filler... Did it feel like just a filler to you? Because sometimes I feel like they put, like, little extra... So I think... I'm going to interrupt myself here. I think they do that for the educational purposes. Possibly. Because I know that's how I remember certain things. As a kid, I remembered, like, 
certain facts because I saw it on, like, say, Punky Brewster or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, such and such happened. And my parents would be like, how do you know that? I'm like, I saw it on Punky Brewster. I saw it on a Growing Pains or whatever the case may be, you know. And that's how I knew about it. So uh, Francis Key Scott, you know, it could possibly be that they threw that in there to tie in, you know, Ben Franklin and the whole right. time frame. But just to give you a little bit more historical information to throw into the brains, especially for the younger audience that's mm-hmm. reading and, you know, teachers can use this as a, a way to add more content into their curriculum and their conversation with their students. Yep. So I think that was actually kind of a smooth, smooth yeah, deal. So they wanted them to, because you know, they, they accidentally landed in uh, where they met Harry Houdini because that was just blind luck and just... Right. Jumping and saving Phineas. And Jeffrey was so excited. But when they left out, they had to have him go somewhere. So they figured, oh, we got to get him back to fix this. It doesn't really matter where they go. They could have had him land anywhere and nothing happened. But they figured, you know what? Or they could have landed in a different time frame. And they could have landed like where there's Hitler or something, but it wouldn't have made continuity sense to throw them so far out in a different time frame. Whereas if they kind of kept it in the independence era, it still felt like you were still kind of going in the same directions, at least to me. But. But. Oh, crap. When they gave the episode, they leapt in and Abigail, not Abigail. Uh, Folger's coffee lady? By a Folger. Uh-huh. Was going to be hung as a witch. Yeah. If she's hung... Ben Franklin wouldn't have been born. Right. And would America have been founded? Because he was one of the major participants in making America. But see, she hadn't been hung yet, so... But if they didn't go back and fix it, they had to go back and fix it. It was a red light. Right. Because the witch trials trials should have been over by then. Right. They weren't. She was going to be hung. Uh Uh-huh. But you you were still in... They were still in that time frame. They already stepped foot in that time frame to fix it. But they left that time frame. So in theory, if they left... She if was, they never went back, she would have died. Yeah, but they they were still in that time frame. They were in that time frame. They left. They jumped forward 50, 60 years, whatever it was. Well, maybe it gave her a way to run and escape or like hide somewhere. Or maybe well, she... When they went back, no, they still had her. When they went back. Well, then I guess time... It was just a matter of minutes. Because sometimes when you time travel, it's a matter of minutes. Right. And it was just moments later because the fire was still burning. Yeah. So there's your answer. They went back to the the time frame that they were at before. Right. But if they leapt forward... It's still a different time frame, though. If, say, like you were in 1982 and you were watching and you were eating a bowl of cereal and you jumped into... 1592, and then you went back to 1892, your cereal wouldn't be soggy because you're going back to the same time frame. Right, but what happened if they didn't get back? Well, but you can't do that. That's the TV show. Well, no, but they, but they hadn't gone back. Time well, then, like, your whole stupid, and I say stupid, I'm going to get in trouble for this, whole lame, not even lame, I'm going I'm to get in trouble, more trouble as I open my mouth, back to the future crap. Would be non-existent because the same, you could argue the same argument. They do explain that though in there. That is the point of it. What? When Marty stops his parents from meeting and falling in love, he's got the picture and his kid, uh, brother or sister are fading out because they're being raised from time. 
but there was still a time frame. He still had time to fix it. So that's what Phineas and Bog did is they fixed it. If he would have went back home without fixing his parents back up, yeah, then they would have all been erased. And right, and and maybe that then maybe Ben Franklin would not have been. But they were still in that fixing part. I'm we're not just going to keep going around and around these people. Anyways, yeah. Uh, I see what you're saying, though. And I think I do. it's just, I rack up to more of, I don't want to say bad writing, because I love this show, but some bad writing. I mean... I'm just fanscaping it again. <laughs> I know nothing about that. But then they go back, and they uh, meet up again. They, they talk to the woman, and she, you know, tries to keep him captive. She steals the Omni. Oh, you're talking about now we're back to yeah. Harry Houdini. Go back to Harry Houdini side. Okay, side the the seance lady. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so when they come back and once again women this woman is like throwing herself on top of Bog, but I think this time she did have a little bit of an ulterior motive yeah, like we talked just, about. She wasn't throwing herself at Phineas just because he's hot because of the Norwegian smoothness, as our friend Lee says. <laughs> it was actually to steal the Omni. But did she know he had it? He had it. In it. <laughs> yeah, that's why she took it. She doesn't know what it does, but she's sure that. But did something. she see him have it prior? So I'm asking. I can't remember. Yeah, when they landed, it landed on the table. <gasps> okay, Jeffrey so picked she, it that's up. right. So she was in the market for it, and so she doesn't know what it does, but she's assuming it had right. something to do with them appearing and disappearing. And we we figure out that she's that kind of girl because she kind of does that to uh, Harry Houdini when they're walking through the garden mm-hmm. too. She kind of gives him that womanly. You bat your eyes like this, and you pucker your lips like this, kind of thing, you know. Like, but um, no, I see that. But Bog being Bog, it, it didn't like Jeffrey say like, can't you just put that thing away or something like that? <laughs> and I'm like, um, what's he talking about? Because that could be a little bit of a double entendre if you catch my drift. Yeah, very well could have been. But yeah, he's poor Jeffrey. The whole- Ladies' man routine. I know, I know. Regent smooth this. And you know what? If I would be with Jeffrey. I'd be like, dude, that's getting old. Like, I'd be Phineas. That's us right entirely. Oh uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just. And then you know, I was thinking, back then, didn't who wasn't it? Uh, ben Franklin had like syphilis or something like that. Oh, or? I forget now. I think some was someone had like some kind of like really bad disease, gonorrhea or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember ailments or something. Uh, health problems, gouts. From being overweight. Yep. He died from platonic attack. He died from what? Platonic platonic attack. What that is. I don't know. Anyways, you were saying. Well, all I know is that. I've heard that some people in that time frame had venereal diseases, we'll put it that way, or, you know, and <sighs> Bog just goes and kisses all these women. I'm just like, ew, like, you don't know what these women have, especially if they seem kind of floozy, if you ask me, because they're, you know, five minutes into talking to the Bog, they're like, you know, throwing their underwear up on stage kind of women, you know, it just kind of... To me, it's off-putting. I don't know. You can't blame them. I mean, you know. You, you I can, know. too, blame them. Bog's got this aura about him that, that makes women want to drop their doors. No. I, to me, that was just a little bit much. 
And to me, the writing on that's just a little bit over the top. Like, to me, that that part bugs me. I don't know. See, it didn't bother me, because I mean, that's just... I'm a pig. <laughs> I'm a male shepherd's pig. What, what can I say? <laughs> no, I just... And I'm sure if it was written today, if they did the series today, yeah, they wouldn't have the women throwing themselves at them like they do. Because too many women's groups complain about that, I'm sure. Well, I'm not, I'm not like that, though. I'm not a women's activist by any means, but I just, I don't see women acting that way, I guess. I know, shrug your shoulders at me, I don't care. I don't know. I just don't think that he's like this godsend man from heaven who would have women dropping their drawers. Oh, blonde hair, blue eyes. No, I mean, yeah, I would be like, oh, you're really handsome and... You're gorgeous, but I don't, I don't see, like, the last episode, or no, uh, I think maybe it was the last episode, I can't remember what episode it was, with the Spanish Revolution. That would have been, I Billy and Bu- Bully and Billy? Or was that created equal? No, it was created. No, it was, no, it was, Billy, it was Billy and Billy. Bully and Billy, yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, one minute she's running for her life and the bombs, and the next minute she's like, if the world is going to end, we might as well do it now, or whatever, And you know, in retrospect. Well, they say, you know, people, when they meet under high-stress things like that... They bond, but they don't bond. They, they may. Uh, Possibility. I guess. Anyways, we're going to... Anyway, so... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so she steals the Omni. She pickpockets the Omni from Bog. And then Jeffrey and Bog escape from her her house. Well, Jeffrey does. And he lets Houdini well, know. He tells him he's got to go pee. Yes. That's how they escape. The- and he runs and kicks the guy in the shin like a true like ankle biter would. <laughs> which kind of made me chuckle. And then he's running in the hallway and he sees another guy. And he's like, Bog comes flying out. And then it looks like in the video that they actually fast-forwarded Bog to make him look like he was running like the Flash. Like, he was <laughs> running faster than, like, a normal human being. And it just, I don't know, just kind of made me chuckle because I'm like, wow, that's some really um, great effects you got going on there. Good job. Hey, it's 1982. Cut him a bright. I, I complimented five. him. Sort of. <laughs> that's called a backhand compliment. I don't care. And yes, I was five. So I wasn't watching this. Anywho. Anywho. So she throws all three of them down in that ground, in the ground. You're missing the point where Jeffrey runs down and he goes out in the garden. And that's when um, you've got a seance lady and Harry Houdini. I almost said Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Who are you watching? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm definitely done with the the, the Margarita zone. I've, I've only had two little ones. But anyways, when he runs down and he sees Harry Houdini and he's like, I'm not a ghost. See, I'm not a ghost. And then Harry Houdini's like, wait, what? You know, now I'm going to turn you in. And she's like, oh, no, you're not. And he's like, oh, yes, I am. She's like, no, you're not. And then they get thrown into the pit of despair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And in the box. But before that, how do they get out? You've got Bog, who uses his manly woos again, who, as they're talking, well, she really walked up to him to give him a kiss first because 
she thought she was all no she she thought she was being sly and she was like i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna make him all hot and bother before he goes down into the cave and or she wants more that norwegian smoothness and she (sighs) was she thought he's a great kisser and that's why the ladies throw themselves at him he's a great kisser Ugh. so then so then he goes and uh he kisses her with handcuffs on in front, and then they go down to the pit of despair, and they get covered up, and then after Harry Houdini kind of reveals to Jeffrey that, no, this is reality, not some showbiz trick, so he shows him that it's not a, sh- he tells him it's not a showbiz trick, and then the next thing you know, you've got Bog over there just cracking up, and everybody's kind of looking at him like, is he insane? Did he, like flip his lid and then after a moment of laughter it cuts to harry houdini and it cuts to jeffrey and they're both looking kind of confused and then bog holds up the omni and then jeffrey starts laughing and says boy you are a good kisser which if i was harry houdini i kind of wonder like uh <laughs> how do you know 12 year old boy that bog's a good kisser no I'm well you see there was never mind yeah, that's another episode totally Different program, too. Let's put a pin in that. Ew. <laughs> but yeah, so this is where they... Don't they blindfold him? Yes. Yeah. They blindfold him, so he did, So I guess he doesn't see them using right. the Omni, and he doesn't really get what's There's going no on. Yeah. Out. And so they blindfold him, and they land in Africa. Aha. Aha. And that's where you pointed out that the, the, the natives were chasing him down, throwing spears at him with stock footage. Yes, very, very <laughs> stock footage. So you, you see, like, all these, like, natives running at them with their their spears and stuff. And then the next thing you know, it cuts over to, like, the group of actors. And you see, like, a spear, just one. <laughs> but yet there's, if you look back at the stock footage, there's, like, 40, 50 natives running at them. But only one spear lands near them. <laughs> so it's like, you know, someone on the side of the, the shooting area we're like okay ready on a count of three jimmy you're gonna throw the spear one two three throw it and jimmy throws the spear and they're like all right that's a great great cut cut everybody we got the scene that's pretty much yeah i don't know to me it's like all right well back then you couldn't digitalize you know and make sure that the arrows actually didn't hit the actors so again just really 1982 yeah 1982 i know i was five so they (laughs) so they returned back to uh, Boston and Harry reveals that not only is she a charlatan but she's also trying to kill them. She yep. kidnapped the two guys, the guy and the kid and then tried to kill all three of them. But they use the mirror trick on her. Yes. You gotta remember that. Like they figure out the whole seance mirror trick that she's been tricking people. Well, they figured that at the beginning. Yeah, but they use it on her. No. No? No. I thought they did. It comes up later. Oh, okay. Let's backtrack. We're going to delete this part. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. So anyways, Harry Houdini stands up and announces she's a fraud. She's a kidnapper or tried to attempted murder. And while well, he's making his big statement to the, the press that was there, Phineas and Jeffrey slip into the back and... Jeffrey's like, I want to watch. I want to watch. Bob's no, like, we no. We got to go back and save the Folgers lady. Folger's coffee lady. And so they jump. They leap. Which is funny because... They travel. You sh- They travel. <laughs> Which is funny to me because it shows 
now the more adult side of Bog and the childlike um, aspect of Jeffrey. Or Jeffrey's like, no, I want to stay because this is another one of his childhood. Well, I say childhood, but one of his heroes, I guess you right. could say. And then, and then Bob was like, no, we got to go do this. He's like, but just like five more minutes, just five more. Minutes. He's like, no, we got to go. Like, and you know what? Being similar to Phineas without the smoothness, I know what he's thinking. You know, all those times you cut me off from get with these ladies and we have to go. Now it's my turn. You want to stay and witness your hero and all this? No, it's my turn to so just get out of here. Oh, and I want to point something out. I forgot about this. And you know what? You're probably right. I am right. No, you're not. But I'm going to say you are. Oh, you're probably right. But I, I could see that being Phineas's thought process because he is a selfish like that. The one thing I wanted to point out before we get any further out in the episode was there was this one part where he was actually talking to... The seance lady, and she offers him a drink. He's like, no, thank you, I don't drink. And I'm like, what kind of pirate doesn't drink? Like, that was kind of a... Again, how long has he not been a pirate? Maybe he's, he's cut off the sauce. Maybe, you know, went to Alcoholics Anonymous. He went to his Voyager's class. And <laughs> he went to RRR. So they leave back in time again and go back to oh, say... funny. Uh... By a Folger, they left. They returned minutes after they left because the fire's still burning where they're trying to burn. And their cereal's Phineas, not soggy. And the cereal's not soggy where they tried to burn Phineas at the stake. Right. They free Abaya and they run off to these caverns. And these caverns are so so like um, TV stage caverns. And you know, I got to thinking when they're running up the thing. And she keeps slipping and falling. I wonder how much of that was actually true slipping and falling because she was in all that wardrobe right. and the dresses. And you could tell that she was having trouble pulling up her skirts a little bit. And so I'm wondering how much of that was actually like her slipping and falling and how bruised up that poor right. actress was by the end of those takes because it looked like she took a beating a little bit and not in a good way. Right. <laughs> but yeah, they run through the, uh, the cave and they jump off into the water. And they do the Robin Hood thing. Yeah. Well, before that, I had a note here that I'm glad that they missed the rocks when they jump. Because when they were showing a close-up, there was a lot of rocks down there. And then there was no rocks. And then, they, yeah, they jumped and they're fine. You know, and then they cut back down, there's a bunch of rocks down there. <laughs> I did like that. but <laughs> Well, of course, you know, you can't have them, like, land on rocks because that would be painful. But I love the fact that... Uh, Jeffrey's like, yeah, I learned it in a movie. I mean, it wasn't a movie I was look- looking for because he was talking about like, robbers and stuff. It would have been kind of cool if he would have referenced Robin Hood for me. But, uh, yeah, they use the reeds to breathe in the water. And I always love, I don't know why, but I'm a sucker for that. That, um, what would you call that? The trope. That trope. Yeah. I don't know why, but I think it's because of Disney's Robin Hood. Probably. And it just... It resonates through me in that one, even though, like, Robin Hood destroyed me as a kid. We won't go there. And I like the fact that Bob, when they are jumping, he picks her up very manly-like, like, very gen- not gentlemanly, because he, he picks her up with force, but he manhandles her, but... She likes in- <sighs> Probably. But the fact that he picks her up to jump, he scoops her up in his arms, and they jump, instead of, you know... Some guys would just be like, okay, jump and push her, you know, jump or okay, jump. And she'd have to jump by herself. But 
I think he did that because he knew that she probably wouldn't have jumped on her own or she would have maybe second-guessed it. So instead of him arguing with her, he just grabbed her and leapt. But I was kind of hoping he would just, like, pick her up and throw her. I thought that would have been funny. But that's my vindictive side, I guess. So they get away from Dean Stockwell's brother and the other bad guys. And that water looked really nasty. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looked really, really nasty. Very swampy like water. That's why there's it a lot looks of fog. more nasty than the water you find at a fair with those boats that you bumper boats. The bumper boat water. It was grosser than that. And that's saying something because that water's got like gasoline and yeah. fumes and but no that water I'm sure they had like a few leeches and places that are unmentionable. Yes. Ew. Didn't show that part. Nope. But uh Bog liked it. And then we come up to our finale of the episode where they tie the two leaps together and they use the mirrors and stuff that they saw from the Harry Houdini time. And this is where they use the mirrors to make them look like ghosts. This is where you were thinking about earlier. Oh, no. What I was saying about earlier is when they figured out the mirrors. That's what I was trying to say. But yeah, but no, then they use what they figured out to play tricks on the Crucible people. And uh, they... They definitely did a good job of that. <laughs> I like how Jeffrey's all dressed up like an old lady with the, and I'm like, man, wh- again, where are they getting these costumes? Like, they just gathered these up from, you know, the armoire somewhere. Yeah. Yes, I want to know. The sex armoire. Oh, sorry, that's <laughs> the sex <right>. Narnia armoire. <laughs> we keep referencing our other podcast. I think you guys need to go check it out. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But no, they they have all these costumes and they and how did Bog have all that facial make like all the facial hair and the they sure made bog look like a different person that's because he visited the uh the makeup department <laughs> the yeah, FX I, department yeah I, I can understand them getting the clothes but i don't know where they got the beard and especially back then the wig that he jeffrey was wearing and yeah well the wig i can kind of see because like maybe you know like parliamenty or something maybe i could see that more than Bog with his really nice manicured <laughs> facial hair and, you know, looking like a totally different person. The Omni. <laughs> the secret compartment of the Omni where they store things. Mm, sure. There you go. Where they wash their clothes? Yes. They pulled out the clothes they needed in there. They had the makeup and everything in there. Because Jeffrey's shoes still look really clean after dropping into a... a quicksand. Quicksand. And... Bog of eternal stench. <laughs> but then the... the, the so Bog and Maya and Jeffrey act like dead people that came back as ghosts. And then a fourth one shows up. What do you think about that ending? With them insinuating that there was actually a ghost there. It was the Halloween episode. You had to kind of do something a little creepy. I mean, it's you You got to have to kind of remember that. It's right. the Halloween And that's why I'm, I'm giving a little bit of slack because of that. But I, I thought that was, I don't know. I, I a little know. hokey. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm looking for. Maybe a little hokey, a little pokey, a little hokey pokey. Yeah, I mean, this is a time traveling show. That's not real. Are you sure? I'm just good. But no, I, but yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's sci-fi. It's it could happen. I guess you could say. But you know, I didn't catch it the first time around that we saw. I I thought maybe it was what's her name. The Folgers lady. The Folgers lady dressed up like that. And I guess I must have fell asleep between that and the actual 
Any, yeah, so Jeffrey asked, was that, you know, how'd you get over there? I thought you were with me. I was yeah, with you over there. I, I must have missed that. And I'm good at falling asleep at things and well, and also, waking up at... They really should have realized that they didn't put a mirror over there when they were yeah, it up. So, I mean, yeah. But, you know, it, it comes down to, again, it's the writing and it's kind of written for a younger audience, I guess. You know, it was geared towards... It's now a 50 year old man that watched it when he was a kid to sit back and rewatch it. Yeah, well, I mean, 30, 40 years if later. If you want to learn more, <laughs> go check out. It's like the Reading Rainbow kind of thing. Right, oh, it's very much, yeah, aimed at trying to get kids into reading and history and all that good stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, with that being said, you can kind of have those kind of things in there and be a little bit more forgiving because it gives, to be honest with you, and this is going to be really sad. When I when I heard it for the first time tonight, it kind of gave me a creepy feeling. Because <laughs> I'm a big weenie, and you know I'm a big weenie. Like, I don't... I, I, I don't do well with that kind of stuff. I used to be a huge, huge horror movie buff. And then I got pregnant and had my daughter and something broke. And I couldn't even watch Supernatural commercials <laughs> with the closet door open. It was bad. So... And yeah, you know, given the time frame and what they're, yeah, it was TV thing. I, I, I can give it a little bit of slack. I just, I, I'm not quite sure I feel about that. Mm. Part of me wants to be okay with it. Part of me is like, eh, I don't know. I think it was a nice little touch just to give it some Halloweeny, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and maybe I'm getting old and jaded. I don't know. You are old and jaded. You know, I enjoyed the episode overall. So, what did you think? Again, seeing the first time. What did you think about this episode, Ages of Satan, overall? The first time, to be honest with you, I was kind of... I was excited to pick up the Crucible parts more than the story, I think. Well, and Harry Houdini. Like, I liked that aspect. I'm not a huge magic buff, but Harry Houdini fascinates me. And um, the whole seance thing, I didn't know that. So there was a few things about the, the actual content that I enjoyed. I guess you could say. But to me, I'm not sure if I'm enjoying the whole jumping from one plot A to plot B so much in this this show as I am in Quantum Leap. I know they're tying them in. Right. In a way. And Quantum Leap usually deals with one time period. Yeah, this one... This show here, every episode usually deals with two or three time periods. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm a huge fan. I'm like, I want stability. I want it to stay... Like, give me more of that part. And then do another episode and give me a Harry Houdini story. And then give me, you know, a Billy the Kid story. And then give me a... I don't know, Quasimodo story or something. I don't know why that popped in my head, but it did. But you know what I'm saying? I I just, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean, ask me tomorrow and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's fine. I like it. No, it doesn't bother me. But for some reason for this show, it just felt like a lot. Hmm. And not that it irritated me, but I guess there's only so much you could do with Puritans. Right. And there's only so much you do with the Salem Witch Trials where they're running and being like, you know. I would have liked to have seen the kids be more part of the story. You know, right. actually pointing out what she's doing or kind of giving more of an, a reason why she's being so singled out. With I mean, they say a few things, but I, the children seem to be the ones that are doing it. So why didn't they have a bigger part? Right. 
Yeah. And it would have been neat to see the children interact with Jeffrey. Yeah. You know, that could have been a really cool thing where they either try to, like, convert him or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, that would have been, I think, a little bit better. They didn't need the whole Francis Key Scott thing. Like, I... I'm shrugging my shoulders on that. It just, it was cool because I was like, oh, that, that's, you know, a neat reference. And the geek side of me enjoyed it. But reviewing it as like a critic. Right. Or someone who's wanting more of the show. I would have liked to have seen the kids interact with Jeffrey more than I did Jeffrey interacting with Francis Key Scott. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm with, I can, I, I pick what you lay down. So, but, you know, they, they, I had fun with the episode. Like I said, you know, the references were really cool. I love when they do things like that, especially, you know, superhero stuff. For instance, you, every time we watch something, especially if it's a CW show or something that I, I know of, but I am not versed in it. And you've got Mr. Comic Book, you know, Wikipedia sitting next to me who knows a lot and all of a sudden he'll just giggle out of nowhere and I'm like all right <laughs> pause the show explain to me why you're giggling and then he'll have to like you know rewind it or point something out or he'll go into a long tirade and then pretty soon it's an hour later and we're not in the show yet because <laughs> now I'm interested and I'm asking him questions and we're having a whole conversation about I know Magneto when it's a DC show you know it, not saying that that would happen but I'm just trying to be really off the wall here he's right. looking at me like why did you, yeah why did you put marvel and dc together but but you know what i'm saying though right. it's it, it we we go off in tirades though and we have done that where we start off with dc and into marvel and go back to yep. dc so don't even say your head exploded because you know what's happened but overall it was good the fog thing irritated the crap out of me like what real forest has Dense fog on the floor. I mean, well, I've seen that. What? Yeah, when I've been camping at a certain time of the year. Not like that. Yeah, not quite that bad. But again, where this, I've been where they're at. So I'm I, sorry, I, but I that was. It, I, I could give it that. I mean, it, I know they're going for the spoon. Right, against the Halloween episode. That yeah. Is. So we got to have a fog machine. Yeah, in bring the an extra Halloween fog machine that, in, yeah. and um, we got a couple fog machines. Get a couple more. Yeah, lay it down. Make it nice and cold in there so it stays low. But um. That and the the rocks and stuff, and then the stock footage for the African uh, villagers or whatever they were, the tribes people, right. and then I don't know. There was there's just certain things that I could pick out that I wasn't too happy with. What about you? Again, uh, you know, like I said, I wasn't quite sure about the ending. I didn't realize why they did it because the Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. But was there a ghost there or not? It was a little uh, I don't know. But overall, I enjoyed it. Again, keeping in mind it's you know it's a no, I know it's a show from 1982, so I well I do cut it a little more slack than I would something was out this year. But why? But, but why does that matter with the writing? Well, the writing that's what I mean as far as like the special effects. Oh, okay. And things like that is what I'm giving it for. Uh, the writing, I see. I've I've got problems with the writing, but it's not quite enough to make me not like the show. No, but then yeah, I'm not sure how much of it is just nostalgic factor. And how much of it actually do really do like it? But I really do like so, it. That helps point toward that then. I mean, because it's it is a really interesting show, and it does have a lot of fun moments. Yeah, I think the writing could have been better. Could have been a little tighter. 
You know what I really like about it, though? I mean, as far as the whole bogging women go, that, that irritates me. But it's not something that you have to worry about playing in your living room with the kids. With the kids. Right. And really, to be honest with you, I wish our daughter was younger because right now she's 12 going on 30. Mm-hmm. And um, she's in her room doing cosplay and all this other stuff. But it would have been neat to have done this back when she was like eight or nine. Because I'm wondering how much of the content would have stuck with her. Right. And then when she gets older, when she's actually in history class, she'd be like, Francis Key Scott. <gasps> that was in the TV show that my maybe, mom and dad watched. Maybe we'll rewatch it when Grayson gets a couple years older. and Yeah, that would be really cool. And, and, I, and, and that's what I'm thinking is like he because he already is picking up on stuff. Like, for instance, Aaron was watching G.I. Joe and he's like. What are you watching, G.I. Joe? <gasps> G.I. Joe! And then Aaron's like, do you want to watch? She's like, no. He's <laughs> like, you condescending little booger head. But got his dad's hopes up for nothing. But I'm used to it. he actually took his Mickey Mouse wand, bubble wand out, and was pretending it to be a lightsaber and was swinging it around. So, I mean, there is hope for the right. Disney princess dress wearing, Barbie playing... But now our Barbies are now zombies, so I think he's kind of growing out of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. He's going to say, I need another drink. <laughs> Crinkle that glass. But, but yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting to watch it with her because she definitely, I think she would have picked up on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I know that yep. there were shows that my dad watched. Like, for instance, uh, Star Trek Next Generation, mm-hmm. where they mention certain things. And I'm sure that, like, I later on picked up, for instance, there was a long time ago when my dad was young. He and his best friend recorded, used to play on tapes that they would record, you know, silly skits and stuff mm-hmm. as kids. Like you well, and me. do that. Right. And, but my dad did it. And I found the tapes one time. And I was listening to it, and he actually was impersonating Walter Cronkite. Now, I had no clue who Walter Cronkite was until I was told who Walter Cronkite was, and he was a news person, a newscaster, news newscaster, I guess you could say. Yep. And a very famous one at that. Yes. Oh, yeah, very much so. And, um... So, you know, my dad being, this is Walter Cronkite, you know, and it was really cute to hear him as a little kid and it kind of blew me away, but it always stuck with me. Well, one day in class, I think I was like in fifth grade and my teacher was doing uh, trivia with us kids and he had said, okay, I know you guys aren't going to get this, but, and he rambled it off and he said something about it being a uh, newscaster. And I raised my hand and said, Walter Cronkite being a smart ass, just trying to be funny and say something from like an old, old person that I could remember being a newscaster. And he's like, oh my gosh, you got that right. How did you get that right? And I'm like, um, my dad. So, I mean, that's kind of what I get out of the show. If kids were watching it is there is going to be some content that sticks in their head and I'm like, man, maybe I should take that history class in (laughs) in my last general ed class because maybe it will kind of, I don't know, you know, stick with me a little bit more. But then I don't want to be reading about the independence or Declaration of Independence again. But 
Do you know what I'm saying, though? Yes. And I yep. know I'm rambling, but... No, that's what we're here for. <sighs> what this is. Am I making sense? Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, no, I, I... As a kid, I mean, you lived through that. Yeah. You watched it. Did it help you at all? Did it ever do that to you? <clears throat> a little bit. Not much. Maybe because you were more of a, a reader. Probably. So, like, Possibly. you were reading history books or textbooks, would right. it would have st- sunk in That's more like, I with know you? That's how much, I mean... But, like, someone like me bit. who has learning disabilities, who is very visual, very audio, this would have been, I guess you could say, kind of helpful. Or it could have geared me towards being more interested in it because I'm not the person to pick up a book and start reading. Right. But who knows? Like, Billy the Kid, it's too bad Google wasn't around then because, you know, I could see me Googling some of these things as right. a kid being like, but, you know, we had those Encyclopedia Britannicas and that kind of thing. And I could also see myself looking up, you know, Salem Witch Trials. Because right. that would have been kind of cool. Like, they actually burn people to the stake? Like, I never heard of that because maybe I wasn't in that grade yet that you actually right. learned about that. And then you could also have a conversation with your parents, too. Which is kind of neat if you think about it. Having a conversation with your kids. Be like, yeah, did you know that that actually did happen? And the kids are like, what? People actually did burn people by the stake? Yeah, and they called them witches. Well, why? Because they were making up stuff. A lot of it was political or, you know, that kind of thing. It, there's a lot to this that I think I'm really going deep into right now. But I, I think that that's one reason why I enjoy the show so right. much. Is The teacher side of me is really showing right. It just hit me. It's the teacher side of me that's going, this is a really educational thing. And not necessarily because a lot of the facts may be absolutely 100% true, but... Because usually they burn witches, or they would hang witches, they wouldn't burn them. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where if it gets the conversation going, there's right. so much that you could do and teach. Oh, yeah. You know? And, uh, hey, let's look it up together. Let's pull out the encyclopedia and let's right. look up, you know, Ben Franklin. What else did he do? Oh, he invented this. He signed this, you know. And Was that his mother and father? Oh, yeah. yes, it was. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I know I like that kind of stuff. And I kudos the, the uh, writers. And really, if you think about it, the writers didn't even have Google back then. Nope. No, they so didn't. like go to the encyclopedia Britannies you're talking about. Yeah, or like find the savants yeah. or the history teachers or the the professors out there and interview them or get like actual professionals that knew what they were talking right. about and interview them before even probably writing the episode. And I didn't even think about that till right now. Like, yeah, they, no, they didn't have Google up back then to right look this up. Who was Ben Franklin's parents? Yeah, and you would have to really do some research. Yep. I mean, if you think about it, back then it was a lot harder to do research. I mean, it wasn't like we have now. I you mean, actually had to do research. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. You're driving along and you're thinking of something like, oh, I need to look that up right now on the spot. Like, really, <laughs> what color M&Ms are not in an M&Ms bag? You know, like, who Thank gives you. a crap? But you've got to Google it right there on the spot so you have that answer. <laughs> and if you don't know that answer, it does bother you. You know, and right. back then, though... You had to wait till you either got to a library or you knew somebody that knew the answer. And what if they were wrong and you got the wrong information? Now you got to double check it. Yep. You got to double check it twice, three times. Welcome to the internet. Oh. Yeah. yeah <laughs> really. Don't believe everything you read on the internet, people. But, but you know what I'm saying. No, though. I'm with you. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, no, I think the episode, 
was alright. It's not my favorite by any means. But I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I agree. This isn't their best. One of my favorite. Yeah, it wasn't one of the best episodes. It wasn't one of my favorites. But it was enjoyable mm-hmm. for what it was. But yeah, out of the first four, this is probably my least favorite. Yeah. Kind of like the pig farmer one for me. <laughs> not a fan. So I actually like that one. It's not one of my favorites, but I, I enjoy that one. I say most of my favorites for the Quantum Leap are usually the ones that revolves around either Sam and Al or something like that. Right. Or some of the project. But again, we're going on a totally different podcast. Again. Uh, but I, unless you got other thoughts on the Agents of Satan, this episode of Voyager's Cast. Just, that's a very strong title. Agents of Satan. You know, especially for the Halloween episode, I wonder how they, what's the word I'm looking for? How they uh, plugged it, you know? How, how what was the trailers like? Or, right, I don't remember offhand. I just, you know, uh, next week. Agents of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it just, I don't know, it's a very strong title. Well, then they, they uh, one of the guys, the Puritans do refer to them as of Agents of Satan. Right. I know, but I'm just saying it's so just it's... a very strong title for any show. Agents of Satan. Yeah. She's back in the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she, she's seeing Satan. She sees an agent of Satan. She's looking at him. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> you know, but... But no, I think that's all I gotta say. I mean, unless you've got anything else, they nope. That's gonna do it for this time, I guess. So uh, let me ask you a question because I know I answer this, and you always give me some weird, off-color beat one. But my question to you is: with a little bit of magic and a little bit of calling on Satan. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Agents of Satan. <laughs> Oh, geez. No, I, that, that's just awful. Um, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. With with all of that, why don't you go ahead and pull out your Omni and flip it open and let me know where we're going next, what we're going to do next. All right, you look. Oh, we got a green light here, so... It looks like we're off to... Never Neverland. Huh. What? You ever see the movie Lawrence of Arabia? <gasps> we're going to go to Arabia? We are going to visit Lawrence of Arabia. And we're also, it looks like... Uh... What? Interesting. What? Yeah. What? Nothing. No, tell me. Well, we met uh, Ben Franklin and we last episode we saw him discover electricity. Yeah. We're going off to discover electricity. Uh-huh. Well, that's going to play in a little bit next week or next month because we're going to get the uh, the the light. <gasps> Are we going to meet Tesla? No. Oh. The man who sense. actually invented the light. Edison. <gasps> oh. <laughs> well, Tesla, but... <laughs> uh, anyways... And just like I was that. close. Yes. I was really close. There you think yeah. about it. Are we going to meet Alibaba and his 40 Thieves? Let's wait and see. And Aladdin this and Jasmine and This is Raja. a Disney show. Aww. It's not going to be a whole new world. Dreaming. A whole new world. A dazzling place I never knew. But 
Probably not. The genie? Probably not. Though after seeing Ghost this episode, you never know. Maybe you can rub his lamp. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I think we should end the show before we get in trouble. Too late. Yeah, too late. We'll okay. see you guys next episode. On, on Voyager's, Voyager's cast. cast. If you want to learn more about the Wright Brothers, Eddie Rickenbacker, and the early days of flying, take a voyage to your nearest public library. It's all in books. Thank you for listening. This has been Voyager's Cast, a proud member of the Hit Cast Network family of shows. All copyrights belong to respective owners, and no copyright infringement is intended or implied. We're just a huge fan of time travel shows, and Voyagers in particular. Be sure to join us monthly as we watch where Phineas and Jeffrey land next. And if you enjoy this show, check out the other shows on the HeadCast Network. The first week of the month, we have Head Speaks and the Starbright Project. Head Speaks is where I talk about comic books, TVs, movies, books, anything geeky. The Starbright Project is where Michelle and I look at another great time travel series, Quantum Leap, and then we'll talk about it. The second week of the month brings you G.I. Joe, Real American Headcast, and this show, Voyager's Cast. Over on my G.I. Joe show, we look at the G.I. Joe comics and cartoons from the late 80s. The third week of the month, we drop both Task Force X and Retrospect to the 80s. Task Force X is a show that looks at the Suicide Squad and Checkmate books from the late 80s. Retrospect to the 80s, surprisingly enough, is a show where Michelle and I, and possibly some guests, look back at what we think is the greatest decade there was, the 80s. Finally, the fourth week of the month, I released the Starman, Manhunter, Adventure Hour, and Bravo Team. Starman, Manhunter is a show where I look at the Will Payton Starman and the Mark Shaw Manhunter books, both from the late 80s. Yes, I I have a time period. Uh, Bravo Team is my sister's show to the G.I. Joe team, or maybe brother show, where we look at anything else G.I. Joe related. We'll be back next month to join our friends Phineas and Jeffrey as they leap into, well, the unknown. Until then, remember, may your landings always be soft. And your lights always be green. Agents of Satan. Yeah.